I'm Gab, he's Jules, uh, gray skies over West London, but I think decidedly black skies over the red half Ooh. of Manchester after the derby. Yeah. Uh, we'll be getting into that. Uh, we'll be getting into plenty going on around Europe. Uh, Real Madrid held, first time they don't win this season. Yeah. Uh, Napoli still top of the league with Atalanta in City. Yeah, a bit special there. Nice goal from Leo Messi. I think that's an understatement. Yeah. Uh, and from Lewandowski, let's, let's be equal here. Right. But uh, we're going to start with another derby. The North London Derby. Yes. Because many of us had doubts. Arsenal, the wheel's going to uh, gonna fall off here or there. Um, but no, they won, and they won convincingly against Tottenham Hotspur. Yeah, they played well. I was there. Um, I thought they showed some character, especially after Kane scored. Even if the 10 minutes maybe after the Spurs equalizer were a bit, a bit more wobbly. Uh, and I think Conte is right after the game when he said that there was one or two passes that if the ball had been better, Spurs were through on goal. But overall, I just thought they were quite dominant in what they wanted to do. And yeah, they scored goals that were helped by, I mean, one incredible shot from party. I think he's 0.04 XG. The mistake by Romero and Lloris, which helped them. But still, they kept on going and going and creating chances. And I think it's good. The process is going well. I think it's an interesting one that, that you talk about the process because, you know, the... I think the question in many of our minds is, are Arsenal for real? You know, what is the ceiling this season yeah, for the team? What does for real mean? What, for real to win the title? For, for real of what? For real, for all the kids. Look, Arsenal haven't had a particularly difficult schedule thus far. I, I kind of feel like this was the real... I know, obviously, they, um, they played United. Um, yeah. And I think they played somebody else decent early in the season. So uh, the team they, they faced... Ranked 11 in average in the league, right? The team that City faced were 14th and Spurs 15th. Okay, just apart from these silly stats, just putting that put down, you know, or, or early this season. Put, okay, now that's it, not really relevant uh, to me. Um, so I just wonder what is this team's ceiling this season? Can they challenge City for the title? They're ahead of them. Yeah. And when I say can they, obviously, if City implode, Guardiola gets kidnapped, you know, yeah. they have a rash of injuries. But I mean, like, can they realistically go head to head at this stage based on based on what we've seen? I, I don't think they're ready yet. They can't, you, but no one is as good as City anyway. No one is as good as City. I think over the, they have more points than City. And as you just told me with your advanced statistics, yeah. they faced better teams than City. After supposedly. eight games, this is this is my <laughs> point. Over thirty-eight games, that's why City is so good. Right. Because that's why they won four of the last five titles. Because over thirty-eight games, not even Liverpool. Can, can can catch them. So I think it would be hard for Arsenal to be there at the end, as in to win the title. But top four, if they keep playing like this, but they're still very dependent on the Gabriel Jesus, for example, and you don't want him to get injured on Thomas Party, on those kind of players. I, I don't know thing. about the Thomas Party dependency because obviously they've been without him for, for big chunks of time um, in, yeah, in the past. Against United. Um, but I want to ask about, uh, well, Conte annoyed by Emerson sending off. Yeah. Um, is he right? I thought it was a red card. Yeah. I, I'm actually with you on this. I don't... People are like, oh, but, you know, if you give a red card... I'm sorry, you do something that stupid and that unnecessary in that part of the pitch. Plus, okay. he... And the ball is like... But he catches him on the ankle. Like, what, what, yeah. what are we talking about? Exactly. Like, um, I, I don't... My thing with Arsenal is this, right? Against a Spurs team who did not play particularly well, um, in the end, Arsenal scored three goals. One of them comes late, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. We put it down, down to 10 men. Uh, really nice move, by the way, before I thought uh, to, to set it up. But the other two, in the end, for all their chances and all their possession, we are still talking about 
Thomas Partey, wonder strike where the ball can go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and a goalkeeping error from the France captain. Yeah. Had to slip that in there. I mean, Romero helped him this day. Um, and at the same time, those Spurs breakaways, hmm. you know, Conte talked about sort of messing up the last pass. You know, they get that pass right, they're through on goal. Yeah, okay, but then the penalty for Spurs is a big mistake by Chaka first and then Gabriel. I mean, there's, of, there's of very often you score with a mistake of the opposition, right? Right, I'm not. I'm not doubting that. Yeah, yeah. So, but I'm, you can also score by overwhelming, as true, Manchester City true. did against. But I think they also had chances. I just think we can't be too harsh on a team that is. Yeah, of course, is top of the table and having a very good start of the season. And you see what they what they're trying to put in place, and you see what they're working on. And and I think there's a lot of very positive things. But they need the bigger squads. They need more depth for sure. They need to. I think they need to be even more precise in what they do with the ball at times because sometimes it's still a little bit like overwhelming for them and what Arteta is asking them to do. And yet defensively, when they lose the ball, they don't have the control that City and Pep have, yeah. for example, with the inverted fullbacks. Uh, okay. I, I was kind of I was kind of being contrarian on purpose. I actually no, no, thought yeah, yeah, no, but you have to take into point. account that they played against a Spurs team who defend very well and know how yeah. to defend very well and sat deep. They now, did they create... I don't think they created a zillion clear-cut chances. I thought they created fewer than you. And I thought, you know, the goals were... I'm going to say happenstance, but, you know, they're not mm. things that you can count on. Yeah. I think we both seem to agree that Arsenal right now are unlikely to be able to challenge City this season. Over the length of the season, yeah, it's hard to And you see. said that the, the, the squad needs to be deeper. Fair enough. I mean, I think they have a squad built for the European competition in which they play. Yeah, they have um, a good squad. Simple but... as. Um, what I'm not 100% clear on, though, and... And I have to hold my hand up about Gabriel Jesus. I'm still not 100% sold that he is the he is the answer in terms mm-hmm. of a goal-scoring center forward, even though obviously he's got, what, five goals oh, six, um, yeah. this season, five, which yeah. is the number of goals that Erling Haaland scored this morning. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I, I'm just kidding. Um, but I do, I, I do wonder a little bit, though, about sort of projecting forward the type of football that he plays. I, I felt in this game... They were closer to the type of football that City plays in terms of the way, in terms of what they tried to do. There's a lot of similarities, really. Where, what are the differences? That's what I'm interested in. I think in. a bit of quality, you have, you know, you have to be, I mean, honest here. Partey's um, not Gundogan. No, no. I mean, I mean, they don't have a De Bruyne. They don't have a Haaland, of course. They don't have Cancelo either. You know, I, I can understand why what Arteta is trying to do. Well, with Zinchenko, it's easy because he kind of was born in it right. but with Ben White even to try to have the inverted fullbacks and then to for uh, them to play in a different way than a, than a more traditional right back for example for Ben White but it's still not there yet you know see well, with Ben White a right back I thought what he was going to do is kind of do the three and a half defense right so in mm. other words he sits Zinchenko moves into midfield to build play yeah he didn't really do that. And I almost felt that like that's what Spurs were were expecting. And part of the reason Ben White was so effective going forward in this is that Spurs it was a curveball for Spurs. It, it kind of messed them up. They they were kind of expecting, okay, when Arsenal get possession, they're gonna revert to a back threes and Checo's gonna come inside. And and I really thought it caught them off guard. Yeah, a little bit. And also it forces obviously, I mean Richarlison on Zinchenko and then Son on White to do even more defending. I mean, Son, just briefly on Spurs, 
every time Saka had the ball and was and was 1v1 against Perisic, Son had to sprint literally to come and make a 2v1 for Spurs. Start of the second half, he's a bit too slow to do it. And then Saka has the shot that leads to the Gabriel Jesus goal, for example. So it was a clear plan. But obviously, if White is there, there's even more reason for Son to come back and defend. The problem is, when Arsenal lost the ball a couple of times in the first half, especially, then both Zinchenko and White were so high that it was Saliba and Gabriel against, at times, every Charlie Son and Perisic, Kane, Son, all of that, which could have benefited, I think, to Spurs. But yeah. the difference between City right now and Arsenal, despite all the similarities, and there are a lot of them, and rightly so because Pep worked three years with Arteta, is still a bit of quality, of course. It's still a bit of know-how on, you know, don't, don't get um, don't get panicky in a way when it doesn't work. Keep going, keep doing the same things. And I think at times there's a lack of urgency for Arsenal that there isn't with City. And Arsenal at times is still a bit of we pass the ball, but there's not much end to it or purpose yeah. in it. With City, there's always purpose. I think this is the biggest difference. And I haven't looked at the numbers. I'd love it if somebody out there who's deep into analytics goes against mm. numbers in this. But it feels to me like. Arsenal's passing right now. And, you know, look, football ultimately, when you think about it, right, is about creating overloads and creating space so that you somebody can run in there and take a shot on goal, right? That's yeah. Or that you can cross the ball for somebody waiting in the middle. And very broadly speaking, you either do this. There's three ways you do this, right? You either force a mistake from the opposition, whether by pressing or whatever. Uh, you either pass pass the ball effectively to move people around, move yeah. them out of place, or you simply go and beat an opponent. You know, you do it with, with an yeah, individual yeah. run, you run at somebody, you take them on and you create an overload. Um, I feel that with Arsenal right now, they're much more effective in that latter part. I mean, they, they press well, obviously you're not going to press much against, against Spurs because Spurs were sitting really, really yeah, deep, yeah. right? So you wouldn't, wouldn't really judge them on that. The passing side is where I think there's a lot of room for improvement. Um, one of the arguments in the modern game is that, oh, it's a lot more one-on-one -on -one oriented than it is collective oriented. And obviously, obviously City under Pep have that in their locker too because, you know, Grealish, Sterling, right back in the day, Foden, yeah, yeah, yeah. all these guys can do the one-on-ones. But is that the difference? Is that Partey and Shaka cannot give you right now mm. and maybe never Odegaard slightly different yeah yeah can't give you what De Bruyne Bernardo Silva David Silva before him though they can't give you that yeah I think so I think so there's also I think the the use of half spaces that is obviously as City do it so 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 well better than anybody else and I think Arsenal are trying to get there we saw Jack not so much in this game because the, there's the no half spaces there, when, when, when there's there are no space at all. I mean, I was really the first half where I was sad was uh, on on the kind of half of the pitch where Arsenal were were attacking, and I really I have to say, and I'm gonna I'm gonna be quite critical of Conte later, but I have to say I was really impressed by how well they defended and that line of five and the line of four. And I know, as we always say, it's very it's, it's easier to put in place a very strong defensive team. Uh, and very efficiently than to put together a very eff efficiently attacking side because it's much harder to find patterns of play when you attack than when you defend and when you don't have the ball. But they were they were so good at it. Yeah. Apart from the party goal where they give him too much space and that's the problem about playing deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper is that if you don't 
come out and close people down quickly when you're too deep, then you leave that kind of space for someone yeah, to shoot. I, he can try another 99 times and he's not going to score. Although we talked about XG of that goal 96 before. times if your XG count was accurate. True. <laughs> 0.04. However, XG on target for a shot from there is 0.34, which shows that if you hit it well and on target, usually it goes away. Well, not usually. One out of three times it goes in. But still, <laughs> more often than when, you know, when the XG, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. You're listening to the Arithmetic Podcast with Kat Marcotti <laughs> and Julian Lawrence. Um, a final word on, on, on Arsenal before we get to Spurs. And this is kind of inside baseball in the weeds, but... I have several friends, including my buddy Mike Feinberg, who I went played football with, who are way, way deep gooners. Yeah. Um, and they've been talking about Tim Lewis. You know, some, there's a certain subset of supporter who loves the machinations behind the thing. And they've been talking about Tim Lewis as if he's their mate and they know him and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, I know you know who Tim Lewis is. I've discovered who Tim Lewis is. Yeah. To the general public, who is Tim Lewis and why should Arsenal fans care who he is? Because he's, um, I think, one of the directors of the club, I think, to put it simply. Uh, he's very close to the Cronky family. He's worked he, he, through the businesses, so businesses of the Cronky family. Josh or Stan? But both of them. He's very close to both of them. They, they trust each other. They trust him to, they trusted him to come to the club. Please the tell club. me he's not another lawyer. Um, I think he is, yeah. But go ahead. Uh, <laughs> and... and he he basically he's also a big part of why Arsenal are much better now, where there's a lot of positivity around the club because he helped with the way the club has been running. He helped as well Vina Venketashan, for example. I think he helped with the dynamic of the club. I think he close is quite close to to some people at the club. I think he he has a, a vision in terms of I mean business wise he's a, you know he, he's very good at all business team. He's a very intelligent guy but also what it takes to make something work and something win. So the thing, but the report I saw said that he was kind of an external guy to Arsenal, but mm. worked for the Cronkies and yeah. sort of advised them on Arsenal and stuff like that. Yeah. But the report I saw says that now he's, he's kind of quit his day job, as it were, and his sole focus is, is Arsenal. Yeah, I don't know if he, if he, I don't know about, about that in terms of if it's 100% Arsenal and everything, but he's been very, very present in the last, I don't know, I would say two, two, two and a half years, maybe, maybe, maybe more. I don't know exactly, but he's been very influential and, and very important and very present and hands on, really. Uh, what was I think at the beginning, maybe it was just like go and go to the club, have a look, see what happens, see what works, right. what doesn't work, and then report to the Cronkies. Now I think very much is is a big part of what you know the the top of the club is doing. Well, let's get the Spurs. Um, part of me says, "All right, you, you, it's the North London derby. You got to play the derby and not go with this game plan of sitting back and defending." And and I've, you know, I've made the point that very few teams are successful doing that. Mm. I don't think it's the only way Arsenal, uh, sorry, Spurs know how to play. I think they can beat you in different ways. Equally, if I have those three, Richarlison, Son, and, and Kane, in a game like this where I know Arsenal are going to play a certain way, yeah. I don't see anything wrong with really emphasizing the counter more than the more than the buildup. I don't see anything wrong with no, 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 I no. win the ball and rather than trying to get the whole team to step up and turning it into, you know, to use a basketball analogy, a half court game, getting the ball forward quickly. The problem is 
those three were pretty imprecise in transition. Yeah. And, and Arsenal defended the transition. I thought they defended it well. I don't think it's just a case of, of Son and Kane misplacing their passes. Yeah, no. I What I thought watching the game was like, I, I get the game plan and maybe on another day it works. I don't know. He's worked before. Uh, and Conte certainly is very good at this kind of game plans. I just thought with the players that he has, and again, let's not forget that Kuluzewski was injured, Lucas Moura was injured. The only attacking player on the bench was Brian Hill, who, who was never going to come on. I, mean, I, don't, I don't even know why he was there. So it's difficult if you go behind to change something to make, like, you can't bring on Richarlison like you did at Chelsea, for example, where you were lucky to get a point, but still, when you brought him on for the last half hour, Something changed, yeah, the dynamic changed, and you came back into the game. You can use Kulusevski's absence as, a, as, as an alibi. No, 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 but it's true. It's true. It's true that if you only have Brian Hill on All the right, bench. So you bring on Sessegnon and move Perisic further forward. Like, it's no, not, okay, it's not like still, it's, ooh. No, no, know. but what I mean, but despite that, which, so my point joins yours, right. I, I find it, in a way, outrageous that they don't play more football. I, I, I cannot understand it, Gab. And I promise you, I think this Arsenal team, could also struggle against the team that plays and against the team that plays well. Yeah. And I think as good as Arsenal are on the board and you don't want to give them too, spe- too much space, I get, I get that all. But they would also struggle against the team that moved the ball. And I expect them to struggle against the Brighton team, against City team, let's see next weekend against the Liverpool team, even in crisis. Because I think they potentially they can, they can also struggle a bit like that. And yet, you, you just left them the ball. I mean, I'm not even going through the substitutions when you're 3-1 like down. I mean, I don't know why it takes him so long after the red card to change something to start with. And then to give up on the game when you're 3-1 down with 20 minutes to go just because you're down to 10 men and you take Son off, Richarlison off, and bring Sessegnon, Bissouma, whoever the other dudes were. I'm like, why? Because if I was his first fan, I would be mad at Conte for doing that. I think I think at that point, and this is something that you're seeing creep in a little bit, there is such a concern about the congested fixture list. And like if I mean we're going back to maths here, right? If I take those 15 minutes away from my I don't I forget what minute song came off, but right? But yeah, but, 20 it, minutes ago. 20 minutes ago, okay. So 20 minutes, that is roughly what, 24? 22% of the game, 23% of the game, right? Yeah. I've reduced the chances of him picking up an injury, a muscular injury, whatever. Okay, so you give it trying to get a point even in the game. Because at that point, I've accepted my chances. I'm playing the percentages. Yeah. And my chances of getting back into the game are lower. We With 10 men, at that point, are lower than the chances of something bad happening, which is then going to hurt me further on. I, I, I genuinely um, think this is the calculation. I mean, yeah, I don't, maybe. I, I just I, don't think I don't that's see, good enough. I, I don't see the reason in it. I mean, the alternative is you bring on more attacking players, you take more chances with 10 men against 11. But, you know, there's numbers that tell us. I, I'm not saying Conte is, you know, a guy who simply sits there with and he's got an analytics nerd in the closet and wheels him out. Like, you know, we see again, like in the NFL, who should we go at it and fourth, fourth down? What does the chart say? Whatever. But I just really think at that point, they were, they said, let's take the L, let's move on, let's sort okay. things out in the Champions League and in Europe. Maybe I, 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 I think that. this is the thinking that comes into it. Okay, what's the thinking about waiting? It's almost, I think, eight minutes between the red cards and the third goal and the, and the substitutions when, when, when you could have red card for Emerson, you said, okay, 
straight away. And I think Cessignon is actually ready to come yeah. on and he waits and waits and waits and waits. And then there's the third goal. And after that, he said, okay, let's change everything. I don't, I don't understand what, because at 2-1, if you bring Cessignon straight in for Richard You've got fresh legs or whatever, maybe you, you can still, you can yeah. still, you can still play your five at the back. And then you play three uh, and then one with, with Kane on his own. I cannot answer that, Jules. I cannot answer that. Only Antonio Conte no, can I answer that. But you're right. I, I, I was surprised by that as well. And, and just to finish. Saliba. What a player. I've been championing this guy for, for da, da, years da, 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 and years. Da, 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 da. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough Arsenal. Let's talk City. Now, Whoa. Jules, uh, okay, let's get this out of the way. Yeah. Because I, I I can tell. I know you so well at this stage. Let's get the praise for City out of the way. Yeah. They were devastating. Shout out defensively what they did. Manuel Akanji, yeah. Sergio Gomez, all these dudes, right? Yeah. Uh, who are, you know, let's face it, are just guys. Nathan Ake is an AK, a guy, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and they play so well. They scored six. I feel like they could have scored 15. 10, maybe 15. <laughs> That's just in the first half. Uh, hat trick for Foden <laughs> and Holland. We'll come back to them. But I, I, I need to ask you this. Do we have another Dutch guy? I mean, what, what you have to... Ex- I, I, I was almost texting you and then I thought, like, let's keep it for the show. Oh, and by the way, so before, before we go in, before we just, when we plan out the show, right? I asked Jules... What do, what do we what should we lead with North London Derby or Manchester Derby right or or or, or and yeah. he's like I don't want to lead with his demolition there's nothing to say it's, it's not serious but Ericsson Hag has to come out and explain what was his idea preparing for this match and okay it was an international break before it was the same for everybody why what what did you team what did you set up your team to do what did you tell your players to do because from me watching the game. They clearly had no idea on how to stop City, what to do to make sure that City couldn't have the freedom. I mean, it's not even freedom. You know, you know. sometimes um, one of the awards you have in this country is like you give the, the city of... Uh, the freedom of the city. Yeah, freedom. I mean, this is, this is the freedom of the whole country. <laughs> Literally, City players had so much space to move with the ball forwards, to take their first touch, to turn, to come and, and get you 1v1, so, to shoot, to cross, to pass. I mean, what was going on? So he explained this, Jules. He said that they had a plan. Which was? They, I suppose the plan was to be more aggressive and not just lay they off them. And not Varane sitting like five meters they behind the defensive that. line. But the players didn't execute the plan 
the way he wanted to. I mean, that's what I took from his post-match comments when he explained you know why it this is? was different from Brentford. I think because they won four in a row, he thought, do you know what? We're in a good shape now. I can take Pep and we can take them at their, at their own game. Let's go there, play Ericsson and McTominay. I mean, come on! Ericsson right. and McTominay in midfield against this City team at the Etihad with Haaland in that kind of form is... I- <laughs> Is not acceptable and not forgivable. Casemiro on the bench. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. Um, I genuinely wonder. I've been around so much football. I don't know Eric Ten Hag. I've been around so many football folk who are superstitious. And I'm thinking to myself, this is, he didn't change the team from last time, right? This is the same 11 yeah, yeah, he started the, the last same, game yeah, when, yeah, when that, they've been winning. Yeah, and, the one before. and I'm thinking to myself, Oh, please don't tell me he's another one of these superstitious guys. Like, you know, oh, I put on my purple <laughs> underwear. Let me not change it for three weeks because we've been winning. I Because this was a game that was crying out for it. But completely. The, 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 the Casemiro thing. All right, he was an international duty, right? Yeah. But I presume so were McTominay and Ericsson and Everybody so on. Everybody was, yeah. Um, but in Paris, by the way, in France, it's not like he travels <laughs> to Brazil. I mean, exactly. I think Ten Hag traveled more to go back to Holland than Casemiro to go to France and back. I mean, come on. He hasn't started a league game yet No, for Manchester United. And I'm just thinking, what is going on in this dude's head when he's thinking like, man, last May I was starting in the Champions League final. I was winning the Champions League final. I'm the best in my position. I was winning the league. And now I go, and in front of me, who's playing in my place? Christian freaking Eriksen, with all due respect, yeah. you know, phenomenal player. Not, this is not his position. He's not, not a, he's not a deep lying midfielder. In a game Definitely where you're not, not. going to have 60% possession, What's the, you don't need exactly, Eriksen back exactly. there running around, Thank tying you. himself out. Thank and you. freaking McTominay are the people who are keeping him out of the side. That's crazy. Whoa, whoa, That's what does Casemiro but, think? But preparing for the game, I was like, okay, maybe Ten Hag is not as genius as, as Pep or Klopp or whatever, but he's, he's a very, very, he's an elite coach. He's an elite manager. He's going to come up with something to go wear the Etihad against this incredible team. He's going to come up with something and I can't wait. I can't wait to see what he comes up with from his tactical sort of genius mind. And then I see the lineup. I said, okay, maybe there's something from the lineup from the 11 that starts that we don't know yet, but maybe it's a three at the back with Malaysia. I don't know. Maybe there's something in midfield. Bruno played... And then it's the four, two, three, one. And I'm like, you're gonna get destroyed here. Literally, I promise you, I kick off, you're gonna get destroyed. Yeah, uh, it was it was um, not yeah. a good look. Um, I, I, I want to touch upon Cristiano Ronaldo uh, not coming on. Mm. Some people said, oh, it's disrespectful that he can't even come on. No, it is respectful to Cristiano Ronaldo not to bring him on at four nil down. This is not why Cristiano Ronaldo's there. This is not why he's about. It would have ended badly. I'm assuming Cristiano was happy that he didn't come on. Because yeah, he does not deserve to be tainted by this nonsense, yeah? The, yeah the, the, you, that's for Martial to pick up goals in garbage time, yes? Yeah, no, maybe. Right. I get the Martial needs some game time, blah, blah, blah. But No I, need for Cristiano to come on in this game. You, you disagree with that? And that's right. First, let me throw out the caveat, though, that Eric Ten Hag, I presume, knows Cristiano better than you or I yeah, do. Yeah, and sure. he knows how Cristiano's going to react. And maybe in this Chris- situation, that is the most important thing, right? Yeah, yeah. If, if, is he going to take it worse if I leave him on the bench or is he going to take it worse if I send him off? I'm going to assume he takes it worse if you send him on at 4-0 down or at 6-1 down. I'm going to I'm going to assume yeah, that's no, why maybe, he did it. No, and maybe, I, and I, I'm I just, fully understand that and I backed Ten Hag at least on that one. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just thinking City are not going to be as, as good in the second half because they're, they're, they're so dominant and they're so good already that they're going to, you know, 
kind of not take it easy, but you know, so what, you're going to score four goals and come back. No, 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 not come back. But but you should you should be better, and, and United were better, slightly better in the second half. I'm just thinking Cristiano is going through a, a, a big goal drive. You know, yeah. I know he scored in the Europa League, but like, come on. Uh, we saw that with Portugal against Spain when he missed all the. Did not have a good game in the Nations. League, I just, no. I just wondered. I mean, I understand. I, I get the point. I get your point. You made it really well. I get Ten Hag point, and maybe that was what Cristiano wanted not to come on. Maybe. I'm just. I, I don't see as a lack of respect if you bring him on and he has a good 30 minutes or a good 45 minutes where he gets he gets game time where he scores maybe one, maybe two. Even if he's just a pen, I don't know. He would have taken that Martial penalty. And maybe and so, the uh, confidence comes back. I don't know. I don't know. You For think me, Cristiano's you know, lacking in confidence? No, no. Sorry? Cristiano, you think Cristiano's lacking in confidence? Yeah, massively. But I think you could see. You could see on his on his face. You could see in his body language. You, he's, he's, he's late, half a second. But even the game he scored against Sheriff, you could see it, that he lacked confidence before the penalty. I, I really think that he's, he's, it's not a good time for him. Right. And I just wonder if a game like this. And you said so you send him on at 6 1 down. No, no, but maybe know. not. Maybe right. not. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. I'm just hey, saying, yeah. I okay, wonder. No, no, no. Now I, he's going to play I the Europa League, a game that he doesn't want to play either, by the way. Maybe he's going to play. He'd rather come on at 6 1 down. No, no, no. I'm not, that's not <laughs> what I'm saying. I'm just, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. I don't think there was a. Maybe not right. It was a tricky situation, I think, for everybody, maybe. But maybe you're right. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Shall we talk some Holland? You got something. He scored with his head. He scored with his head. So, Remember that's the area he was going to improve. I mean, I think the stats. <laughs> to be which, fair, he was out jumping Christian Eriksen there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, like again, marking and stuff. I, I mean, the best one in the is the De Bruyne pass and how he extends his leg to hit it. And Varane is injured, and I don't think Varane can react really the way he would have liked to do. But it's an incredible goal. He's running everything and three hat trick nine eight games in the Premier League. Obviously, beating the, the... It's only two more than Phil Foden. True. But the previous <laughs> record of how quickly you score... Oh, I've seen three. the stat. This is a But it's amazing. Stat. I mean, Michael went 40... Why? It's a silly stat. It's not. It shows you how I hard it is to that. score a hat-trick. Yeah, of course it does. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's, if he continue like this, how many goals is he going to score? Like... 55 or something. <laughs> it's just, All right, Dick, I, th- I think but, Dixie Dean from the Dixie Dean, who young guns out there don't know, is the all-time single holds the all-time single season record yeah. in the English top flight. I think it's 61 goals or 63 like goals. Something and like didn't that. he have? Didn't he have 29 at Christmas or something? Like no, that? you're thinking of Clive Allen. Oh, sorry, sorry. Who, who scored one. 49? But, so, all right, so Dixie Dean played before the war. Yeah, yeah, right? no, yeah, yeah. yeah. Clive Allen, actually. Clive Allen is still alive. Yeah, Clive he's, Allen, he's if you watch him in football in England, yeah, you can he hear his voice. He commentates on League England because he played for Bordeaux. He scored 49 goals in a season, I think, for yeah. Spurs, was it? Uh, and I think he had 26 or 29 by Boxing Day. Yeah, this guy's up to, like what, like 17? Something stupid already, like that. Yeah, something um, like that. Anyway. I mean, it's, we, it's crazy. I um, the, the team that defended the best on him is Bournemouth. I'm not. I'm not sure where this is going. By the way, but I'm just telling you what I feel. And I, and they had a plan, not very good because in the end he still gave an assist to Gundogan and Gundogan yeah. scored and they lost one 0 But at least they had a plan. I cannot understand. And I think to a certain extent Dortmund had a plan when they played City. And outside of his incredible Johan Cruyff-esque goal or Ibrahimovic-esque goal. They defended really well on him. I could not understand how you can go in a game like this. And again, I don't want to go too hard on go Ten Hag. Go back on Ten Hag. 
without uh, Erling Haaland playing. What do you have against ball, Dutch ball <laughs> men between Ten Hag, <laughs> between Peter Bosch? I, seriously, we're going to find out that Ronald Koeman actually is wearing but a like, wig. But like, come on, bring me bald. a plan. Do something. For, you can't All let right. this guy run like this because he's going to score a million goals. You Earlier, we were talking about sort of the, the one-on-one factor and the ability to pass. I also thought this was a game. And okay, United made it very easy for him. But I always thought, like, we're, how is Grealish going to get better? Right? Yeah. I thought this was a game where he made the right decisions at the right time about when to yeah, take the yeah, opponent yeah. on very good. And, and when to pass I need and to see him against better opposition, frankly. Yeah, yeah. But but it shows that you don't need to have you don't have to be focused or obsessed with Grealish's stats of assistant goals. He can be very influential in the game, very important. Absolutely. In a game where he doesn't score an assist, it doesn't matter. Like like he did against, as you said, a poor position. All right. Final point, because I think this is going to kind of get lost in the wash, right? I think Rodri is critical to to City to to the way they play. He's in their worst team without him. Hmm. I want to just underscore how in this game, City played most of the game, and United were terrible, whatever, Yeah. with Akanji, who I believe was making his first start and who's coming off a terrible season, first league start, just coming off, coming off a... Yeah, he played against Dortmund in the Champions League. He was coming off... Maybe second, yeah. yeah, He's coming off a terrible season last year at Dortmund. Nathan Ake, who hardly played his first two seasons since coming over and, you know, is Nathan Ake in the end, right? Yeah, yeah. and most of the game, Sergio Gomez, who, you know, just arrived, is a dude who they signed from from Anderlecht, Anderlecht right? Uh, I find, that, and they still looked like Manchester City. Yeah, um, that's coaching. That is amazing. That, that is coaching. That is, and you can't even say, oh, but it's so much easier to play if you've got great players around you because those dudes play at the back. They don't have great players around them. They have each other around them. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, I, I I thought that is a real testament to the environment that just allows you to integrate people yeah. very, very quickly. Because honestly, those guys this is at the other key, clubs, I don't, know that, yeah. I don't know that they succeed the, the way they, they did in this game. Yeah. Also helps when you're playing United, this version yeah. of Manchester United. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million dollar stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. What I love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash gabjewels, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash gabjewels. All right, enough Ten Hag. How about some quick hits instead? Let's go, guys. Real Madrid are held 1-1 by Osasuna at the Bernabeu as Karim Benzema misses a penalty on his return. Oh, Jules, 
reason for Madridismo to be concerned or just a famous Osasuna penalty jinx? Uh, well, yeah, because remember last season, Karim missed two penalties. And they uh, drew. Against Herrera. Uh, and, and he missed it one again. I think he forced it. He tried to hit it too hard. He hit the top of the bar. I had a feeling he would miss it as well. It was, it was really annoying. The concern is that Luka Modric was not there. And... The lack of creativity was there, though, because it, it, it was slow. They had a bit more chances in the second half, and they could have won the game. They could have won the game, and we would have said they won. They didn't play well, but they won. The fact is, they didn't play well, no. and they didn't win. No, And, and, and both goals were kind of weirdo goals, like the weird looping header. Uh, header yeah. uh, and, of course, Vinicius crossing the ball and nobody getting yeah, the ball going in. But, but still, yeah, not good. Not good. And it's, a, it's the first time they don't win this season. Yeah, exactly. Sticking with Madrid, they declared a 20 million euro pre-tax profit. Gab, President Florentino Perez, doubled down on the Super League, saying it was the only way to save football. And I had a little dig at Nasser Khalifi as well, of course. Look, I get it. You're in favor of the Super League. Um, you will never get a Super League, except by the courts, if you keep saying speaking nonsense you have to make an absolute case and i'm not mentioning two nonsensical things about why football needs to be saved one is he pulls out the forbes list forbes yeah. publishes this list of the most valuable franchises in history and like oh look you know the top 13 or whatever are american football franchises yes yeah, so what <laughs> this is not how you make your argument it's leaving aside that the forbes list i think is kind of speculative nonsense um and not really serious uh this is not evidence of anything. What? No, oh, my club, sure. which, by the way, I can't sell anyway because Real Madrid can't be sold. <laughs> if it were higher on the list, football would be fine. Yeah. But what nonsense are you talking about? Secondly, and I hope somebody calls him on this, he mentioned that the NFL makes more money from, from television than the big five European leagues plus uh, the Champions League and yeah. the Europa League combined. Guess what? It's not true. It's simply not true. It's simply not a fact. Now, I'm not I'm not saying Florentino's making things up. No. I'm saying whoever does, whoever writes Florentino, helps him with his speech, does the research yeah. for him, doesn't counts. know what he's talking about. Ocon counts, yeah. Or, or has trouble counting. Because, yeah. you know, the Premier League alone, in worldwide television rights between domestic, um, they make close to five million, sorry, five billion a year. Um, the, the new NFL deal makes about 10 billion a year. And by yeah. the way, that's an 11 year deal. Yeah. Um, throw in the UEFA competitions, which I think are around the three and a half mark. Uh, and then you've got La Liga, the Bundesliga, Serie A and Ligue 1. Uh, so just don't say things that uh, you don't need to make this argument. I mean, you can make that's your true. argument, but bring facts. Yeah, exactly. Quite the debut for our boy, Roberto oh, Bezzerbi, yes. as Brighton traveled to Liverpool and come away with a 3-3 draw. Jules, they could have been 4-0 up at yeah. one point. Um, I'm going to ask you what club needs to do to fix it, but I know you appreciated his little his little control, little flick control on the sideline. Did that be, yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah. I lo okay. love that. And the way you described it was even make, it made it all even more romantic <laughs> and nicer anyway. And we know he was a good number 10 when he was a, a player. I was so happy for him and his little celebration at the end, you know, because the least they deserved was that draw and that Trossard uh, third goal and his hat-trick, by the way, which was amazing. Not many players score a hat-trick at on field for the opposition side. So well done. You saw already a bit of the deserve touch, especially the central midfielders and the way they were brave to play with the ball. And we've said, it's going to be fun for Brighton fans. Yes, you're yeah. going to concede goals. And we saw that. And sometimes they're avoidable, sometimes they're not because you take a lot of risk, but you're going to score a lot of goals, even with Danny Welbeck up front and Trossard and the others. And, and Klopp? 
Individual I mean, mistakes. First of all, don't give me the don't give me the whole. We could not prepare well for this game because we didn't know how they would play. They've got a new manager. Okay, <laughs> the Zerbi has not has been in the game for a long time now. We knew what he was going to do. This Brighton team, in a way, was not very different. To be fair, to what it was under Potter. So why are you coming up with no. that kind of rubbish excuse if you're a club? Start by fixing your players' attitude and especially defensively because you can give me again the whole. Trent is a great defender. You guys are wrong. It's because we pressed so high. There was a lot of time in that game where they were not pressing no. high Liverpool and Trent was horrendous defensively. So I think there's a lot. I think it's time for club to work hard and the players on the training pitch and sort out, especially the attitude, the lack of effort and everything instead of finding excuses. More woe for Inter as they take the lead again, but end up losing at home to Jose Mourinho's Roma, Gab. They've lost four of six games since August. Is Simone Inzaghi in danger now? Well, they did beat Victoria Pilsen in that True. run. Um, well, I think so much so that uh, Gazzetta erroneously published a report that he'd been sacked and they took it down. Um, and the funny thing is, they didn't play badly in this no, game. No, it's no, it's hard. simply, I mean, they didn't have Brozovic, Aslani came in the middle of the park, moved the ball around nicely. It's just that Mourinho's Roma did what, Mourinho wasn't even there. He was in a van, yeah, outside, outside. suspended. But they did what, what Mourinho's Roma do really effectively when he's good. You know, he dropped Tom, Tammy Abraham. Um, they they took they converted the chances that they had. Smalling's header, Handanovic, another mistake off yeah. the Dybala shot. Yeah, he hits on. it hard, yeah, but it still, it's enough. It's, it's, it's time for a night. It's, it's Onana yeah. time. Also, sure. Onana time. Sure. Time for some Onanism. Yeah. Barcelona draw level with Real Madrid at the top of La Liga, winning away at Mallorca 1-0. <laughs> not a super dominant performance. No. Nope. I know you're going to go nuts over oh, Robert yes. Lewandowski's goal. Wow, because maybe some of you didn't think that he could score goals like this and that he was a poacher, which he is most of the time, and that's what great strikers are. They're always in the right place at the right time, and we see that with Helling Island as well. But to score that goal, like, you know, kind of on his own, and the way he bends his butt, oh, he was just brilliant. And so to well. put it, in the, 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 it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's Although, one teeny bit where you can put it. But remember, there was one in the Champions League where, again, the precision in his shot was just incredible. He's so, so good. Napoli is the top in Serie A, beating Torino 3-1 with two goals from Zombo and Gisa and one from Varadona, of course. Gab, no Ozyman, no problem. No, you or not when you've got Jack Raspadori in there. They yeah. demolished him in the first half um, and then kind of saw it the game so and, well. and after the break, which is, which is a very grown-up thing to do. Um, Spalletti's got everything. Um, this guy's getting everything right. He's got the right climate, yeah. and they're not dependent. You're right uh, on a seaman. Same way they weren't dependent on Koulibaly. Kim's come in before. You know this is the difference. It's now. really interesting. A sublime free kick from Lionel Messi and a second half strike from Kylian Mbappe give Paris Saint Germain a two one win over Nice. Yeah, Jules. When I saw that midfield of Aaron Ramsey, Ross Barkley, and Mario <laughs> Lavina, I got PL flashback circa 2015. Yeah. Uh, should this have been easier for Paris Saint-Germain? Yeah, it should. Uh, it was the first half for Kitike, the young striker who replaced Kylian. And I think he needed a bit more time. And obviously, the expectations were quite high. Um, yeah, they were never really in danger. They never created enough danger either. But Messi was great. And his first first direct free kick for PSG um, this season. And as he scored, the GOAT, you know, the brand GOAT, which is now PSG sponsors, appeared on the uh, on the advertising board, which was just so fitted, so perfect. So well done to him. Graham Potter gets his first win as Chelsea manager as the Blues win 2-1 away at Crystal Palace thanks to a late, late strike from Conor Gallagher. Gab, Patrick Vieira and Palace are furious that Thiago Silva wasn't sent off, however. Are they right to be? Um, 
Yes, they're 100% right to be. I mean, Thiago Silva clashes with Nathaniel Klein. Um, I guess he goes down, he handles the ball. Um, I guess the referee thought it wasn't a denial of goal-scoring opportunity situation. In my opinion, it definitely was. But equally, think yeah. of the knock-on effect this had because Nathaniel Klein got injured. In, okay, Nathaniel Klein's not Maradona, but you know, still a guy going out. Then on the next play, Thiago Silva goes and sets up Alba Mayang's equalizer, which Alba took really, really well. Yeah. Um, and then Conor Gallagher adding insult to injury at the end right, with the goal. Yeah. She was on loan there last season. Um, I don't. I thought this was really awkward for Graham Potter because of the the lineup that the Palace played with the five attacking yeah, players. Really... I don't know what his Chelsea are going to look like. Not yet. I, I need to see more. They played three at the back, obviously in, in the Champions League. Yeah. Now here it was it was a back four. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done here. Yeah. Union Berlin are still top in the Bundesliga. Yes. Much to producer Freddie's happiness. Of course. Uh, although they did lose 2-0 to Eintracht Frankfurt. And they're joined at the top by Freiburg, who beat Mainz 2-1. Happiness in Streichland. Yeah. Jules, <laughs> when are these little fellas going away? It's a good question, Gab. I mean, it could be pretty soon because not next weekend, but the following weekend, uh, Freiburg play Dortmund. And Union play Bayern or the other way around. So Union play Dortmund and Bayern play Freiburg. So we will know a bit more of what they can do in those in those games. It'll be very interesting. It's good. It's so good. I mean, the gap because Bayern won, the gap is obviously short, shorter now because Union lost. But still, it's, it's, it's a good thing. Yeah, I, you could look at this and I know Union are wildly outperforming expected yeah. goals and Freiburg haven't really played anybody yet. Um, but, you know, to all those people who complain, oh, the Bundesliga is so boring, buying exactly. yeah, yeah. Hey, here's something different. I yeah. don't mind having them up there. Me neither. Wild finish to the Empoli-Milan game, uh, Gab, with three injury time goals. It's a 3-1 win for the Rossoneri and a superb goal from Rafael, Rafael Leao that we mentioned briefly earlier, who is on fire. He's on fire. The, the like priority A, B, C, D, E, and F uh, for Milan is to get him a Massive. new contract. Not easy because it's you know he's got I think eighteen months to run um, and obviously he's got a lot of leverage there. Yeah, if you're him, you wait. But there's also the factor of you know the uh, the what is it the, the the sixteen million or whatever that he's got that, that the court has said he yeah. needs to pay yeah. because for leaving Sporting Lisbon somebody needs to pay. They had a lot of guys out in this game. They picked up a lot of injuries during the game. Calabria, mm -hmm. Simon Kerr, Salamakers. Yeah, Salamakers is a bad one. Um, Empoli, though, Empoli are one of those teams that, you know, they don't have great players, but they try to play good football. They're kind of like a kind of like a little Brighton redux. Brighton, yeah, yeah. Brighton have better players, obviously. Yeah, they play nice And, football. you know, what was interesting here was, you know, Milan finally score in one nil up. And then, boom, by Rami gets the equalizer. Tata Rosano, um, yeah. you know, I think he had some responsibility. You could tell Mike Mignan wasn't there. He would have but saved them. they'd also created chances there. And then, come on, young footballers. After you scored an equalizer, pay attention on the yeah. kickoff. They didn't Always do that. Milan go back to go back up the pitch to go Straight. two one up, and then Rafael Leao. If you haven't seen this, go check oh. it out. It's one of those runs they actually calculated. It's like a sixty meter run, um, and sometimes you know, like media companies have too much tech, uh, so they actually calculated how quickly covers the sixty meters, and he's like 0.3 of a second. According at to some them. point, it looks to me that he even slows down. He's so quicker than anybody else that is chasing him behind. That he slows down and he's still ahead, and then dings the ball. So he's, apparently, he's point three of a seconds uh, slower than uh, the Portuguese sixty meter dash 
record. Yeah, I'm not That's what they said on a time yeah, television. Yeah. It's got to be true. I'm and this is despite the fact that he's running in boots on a very wet yeah. pitch. With and he's ball. also running with the ball. Yeah. And he has to slow down to receive the ball yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Incredible stuff. Atletico Madrid win 2-0 away to Sevilla, Jules. Is this the final nail in Julian Lopetegui's coffin? It has to be. I'm sorry, but we've, we've highlighted it before. This is not the first time that they don't win. They don't play well. They, they've been ter- Even if they won before the international break, they've been terrible. Uh, and there's, there's just no... It, clearly, his message is not going through. There's nothing happening on the pitch. There's no changes, nothing. Uh, and as much as the players can take responsibility, this is clearly not working for him anymore. Well, a, a one nil against the president as well. I think he needs to go too. It one nil. They went all out attacking. That was that's what was weird. And like they just just, just they started no structure. forward, and it was it was crazy. Yeah. It didn't look like anything at all. And I mean, I'd, I'd be very surprised if. He's not going. I mean, I thought he would have gone by now anyway, uh, and I would be very surprised if he if he's not going very soon. And I think a certain Marcio Pochettino would would be quite interested in that job for sure. You think so? Yeah. You don't think he's holding out for? No. He might be, but I think he might. This might interest him as well. And speaking of Atletico, Gab Joe Felix was reportedly unhappy. I mean, you could see on his face anyway at coming on with just four minutes to go. Yeah, and uh, some Spanish papers I mean, asked made a big deal out of it because afterwards, you know, he was all grumpy but and stuff. It's the same for Cristiano. Why do you bring him on when you turn it up with four minutes to go? What's the point? You talk about there was no point bringing Cristiano on. Okay. Which, first of all, first of what's all, what's the point there? No, tell me, what's the point? First of all, you need to wash your mouth out with soap. If I ever hear you say, "Joe no, no, no. mentioned Joe Felix and Cristiano," no, 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 no. that's sentence. not what I said. What's the point of bringing on Joe Felix? At the 90th minute, when you tune it up, what's, what is the point? I don't know. Maybe no, so that me. he can learn from the players on the pitch who put in a shift, who worked hard, There's all no of point. whom are a lot less talented than There's he is. No point. I like. I don't know. The guy needs to grow up. I'm sorry. No, no. I, I can't, he's a phen- phenomenal media creation, right? That's all he is, right? I, I, I that's harsh. No, that no, no. Harsh. No, in, in relation to how much they paid for him and what yeah, he's sure, costing okay. them. But he's a super talented kid. He's not a kid anymore. No, okay, he's a super he's talented player. What is he now? 23, 22? 23, 23. He's 28. I mean, come on. I know, I know. What, what are okay. we going on about? He's super talented. I'm, you, I'm just... And you're going to go and you're going to mope? This is the part. If you don't want to be happy, you, you internalize it, you channel it, and you say, well, I'm going to make Simeone play me in the next game. That, that, the, the, this is how you do it. I mean, you the don't last go... game, do you remember he took him off and then he went to the, the tunnel and then I think maybe someone had the word and he came back out to the bench. So it's not the first time. But sorry, who do you think you are? What, what have you done? But you know what? Nothing. I was a bit, I was a bit, uh, it was, it was. He makes me angry because he has talent and it just hasn't gone anywhere. No, but he knew that this was happening. This was going to happen if he stayed. Why didn't he move in the summer then? He, in I, a way, because if I were unkind, staying, I would if, say that the reason he didn't move in the summer. And no one came for him. Is the same reason that Cristiano didn't move in the summer, which is that George Mendes ultimately, while we think he's, you know, he's got the giant remote control controlling all of European football, he doesn't control European football anymore. They, 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 no, not, not in the same way. But my point is like, you cannot be unhappy. You knew exactly what by staying you would be, you'd be in for because that's what, that's what Simeone does anyway. He did that with you last season and the season before. So you I, had I to accept Simeone it. was hoping that you know, he would develop into a Griezmann type, a guy who has quality, I mean, a good Griezmann, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A guy who has quality, but then he's also, the he's also got the intensity and the workforce and become a better rounded player. It just hasn't hasn't turned into that. Yeah. Correa is the guy who offers that, and even he can't get on the pitch. Yeah. 
Wolverhampton Wanderers have sacked Bruno Lage following the 2-0 defeat at West Ham. Jules, right decision? Yeah, right decision, I think. Um, I mean, that game was bad overall. I think they were bad. Um, not terrible, maybe, but they second from bottom. Only Leicester, who've been even worse. They're the third, third from bottom. From bottom, bottom yeah. This is... I don't think... If you don't see the direction this team is going, and again, they haven't been playing well... It's not all his fault, you know, the injuries to Jimenez. I mean, Diego Costa is your other option as a number nine. Hey, where did all Fabio that Silva kind of go? That was entirely entirely normal transfer, spending yeah, money of on course. him. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I feel a little bit for him because at times we saw some good things from Wolves when he was the manager. Um, and I think he's a good guy, but this is... I'm in two minds. I really like business. him. I like him too. I, I like the, the, what he's trying to do. He seems like a likable person. Yeah, I think he Equally, is. I don't, not particularly fond of his employers and sure. the fact that the club's allowed to exist to continue operating in this way. Do you so. think they might struggle to replace? I mean, they will have, like, I don't know, Andre Villas Boas or <laughs> someone coming from Portugal. Well, probably anyway, not, him, not him for but, obvious reasons, but yeah. But, but, you know, like, I don't know. I, I don't know where you go now to 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 shoot. I mean, George, Uncle George is going to pick. If there's one thing that Portugal, I mean, pound for pound, sure. Portugal probably produces some of the very best managers yeah, in the world sure. right now. Yeah. So I'm sure there's a long list of, of of people. But I think you need a certain type of Portuguese manager here in in this context. Yeah, because you're in a relegation scrap. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's sure. kind of different. Yeah. Borussia Dortmund should have been top of the Bundesliga. Right now, Gab, we should be talking about them as that. But they're not because they managed to once again throw away a lead and lose three to away to Cologne and flat cap cut hero Stefan Baumgartner. <laughs> Gab, are you going to make excuses for Edin Terzic again? First of all, I just want to mention how badass Baumgart is. Like, oh, seriously, so in a street good. fight, I would take Baumgart over. He oh, would be, I, I, I need to make my top 10, but. I'm pretty sure Baumgart would be there. Right? You know, you know the flat cap would not move as he's punching. <laughs> yeah, I know he's awesome. He's so um, like I, I we, we've seen. Okay, all right, injuries. All right, no Gio Reyna. Yeah, no, obviously, no Holler, Whatever. But in the first half, they take the lead. Julian Braun actually does something, scores a nice goal, yeah, and yeah. then you know they had the chances and so on. And then second half starts, and it's they're one just mistake crumbled, after another. Munia, Schlotterbeck losing his guy. Again. And then they're, 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 and then they're 3-1 down, and they score a goal in garbage time. Um, I think it's time to say, Anthony, you're going to be our Peter Crouch. You're going to be the guy who's good at heading the ball, who we keep yeah. on the bench, Mr. Modest. Yeah. And then we send you on when we need to lump the I mean, ball, which hopefully will be never. Play Mukoko. I don't, I don't care. Yeah. He's, he's, he's not 15 anymore. He's 19. Like this. Why would you start Modest against his former club when you know he's going to get so much... No, and he just doesn't fit the Rubbish. way they play. He's and just a different type of player. No, definitely when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Timo Werner and Christopher Nkunku scored two each as Leipzig pound Bochum 4-0. They needed this, Jules. Yeah, really much so. And they played really, I mean, Bochum are like, come on. Yeah. Really. Uh, but they needed that. even if you play against a rubbish team that are not very good, you need, you know, you, you need to go and score those goals. Two each is very good. Momentum before the Champions League as well. Bit of confidence. 
for Marco Rosa. This is this was this was positive. And speaking of Leipzig, Gab David Ornstein in the Athletic reports that Christopher Nkunku has completed a medical. I was told he was not a medical, by the way, but we'll see. And he's on his way to Chelsea yeah. for next summer. That would be quite cool for Tom Brady. It would be tremendous. Um, I, I'm not 100 percent sure because the report also says that they paid more than the release clause. They, does his release clause not kick in next summer? Is that yeah, it does. Yeah, you? 60 million euros. So why would they pay more than the release clause? Makes no sense. Why do you do medical right now? Okay. Well, because nothing can happen in 12 months. Like you can't have, can't pick up an injury, can't pick up a problem. I find this yeah. story really weird because I was told again <laughs> by someone very well informed that it was not a medical per se. For Chelsea Football Club, like, would, Chelsea what, doctors like open your mouth and say, ah, no, for like, insurance reasons, he had to do like some sort of medical test, which I think some of them is probably la- probably like a medical, but not as a proper medical. Percent. I'm also not 100 percent sure why you would pay more than the release clause. In, in other words, if you sign the deal with the player and I'm, I'm the player's agent yeah. um, and then you just activate the release clause in the summer, you get the player yeah. right um it's not i mean unless the release clause doesn't actually become effective until the summer which is which i suppose is possible but you, but but you, you can't, can't register the transfer now anyway, now anyway. right yeah. yeah so so i mean and for all you know Nkunku could decide to quit football and go join a cult yeah right now. exactly but even I, for him why would you not wait until the end of the okay, season but let's talk about options. on the pitch though yeah on the pitch do we agree this is a tremendous signing for yeah Chelsea. oh what player and i, I think this is exactly this is exactly, I think, what they need if, if he can settle. He's such a um, possible player as well. Such a, I mean, I know that was before Graham Potter, but he's such, I think, a Graham Potter player. That said, too many bodies. If I'm Ziyech, if I'm Pulisic, I really start looking around. Yeah. I think they still need to address the deeper midfield position because he's yeah, not going to yeah, play course. in the two there, right? Completely. I think about Bow, our third in the yes. league, as those pesky Williams boys continue to wreak havoc. Ah. Jules, I feel like we haven't talked about them enough. They were so good. One score, the other assist. His brother, then the, the other brother assist. The other brother for his goal. I mean, it's great. Iñaki and Nico. Uh, one decided to play for Spain. One decided to play for, for Ghana to sort of pay tribute in a way to the, to the roots of their parents. And I thought they were paying tribute to the Boateng brothers who also decided one to Yeah, one for Germany, Ghana, one, one for Germany. Germany. That's true. And, and they all made their debut uh, in the last international break. Nico even with the assist in the very important Morata goal against Portugal for Spain. Iñaki, not so lucky uh, with Ghana, but still, it's, I mean, it's great. I want them both to go to the World Cup. I want them to play each other in the World Cup. I love those stories and they're so good. And the story that I think maybe a lot of the listeners know, but, you know, the parents obviously fled, uh, had to walk through the desert. His, their father actually has no sensibility in his feet at all. And then they were obviously robbed by the people they paid to cross over, to go to Spain. They had to go. I mean, it was an, incre- it's an incredible story. Yeah. Really, really incredible to see where they are now, where these families now, after everything they went through, so well done to them. The only thing I would say about Atletico Bilbao is pump the brakes a little bit. They're three points back, but they haven't really played. They haven't really no, been tested. True. They haven't played anybody yet. So, but they uh, have no European competition. That is huge. And look at it. They've only played like, oh, look, they've only played seven games this yeah. season. It's <laughs> crazy. We're getting carried away, but we love this. <laughs> Juventus defeat Bologna 3-0 to get their first win in any competition since August. That's right. Some relief for Allegri. Well, Bologna are played really, really bad in this game. Um, what I thought was interesting, Allegri switched to a four-four-two, which yeah. obviously gets the job done in this game. You had Weston McKinney wide, and he, and he got to play Milik, who's in form yeah. with Vlaovic up yeah, front. Yeah. 
The thing is, I don't think we're going to see much of this formation again because, you know, there's, it's not, the team's not built for it when, every, when, when everybody's fit, right? You don't have room for Di Maria in that system. No, no. You've got, you know, so it's kind of looks like you're putting a Band-Aid on. That said, Allegri above all needs a Band-Aid right now because Maccabi Haifa, you got to take six points yeah. off them to stay alive. Definitely. Otherwise, it's going to get really ugly really yeah. quickly. Yeah. Now, I know you want to talk about Lorient, who yes, is third in Ligue 1, but Jules, I'd rather talk ah. about our old buddy Peter Boss. It's another defeat, 1-0 at Lens, with, to be fair, supposedly disputed penalty. I don't see what the dispute is. The guy What's shovels dispute? the ball into the air. Um, There's no dispute over that. Okay, point. thank you. Uh, it's also, though, the first time in 30-odd years that they've lost four in a row in the league. I, yeah. I heard that stat. That can't be right, can it? No, it is. It's incredible. I mean, just Peter quickly. Peter Boss making history. Wow, history. Shout out to Lorient. Gab said the goal by Théo Lebris, who's the young attacking midfielder, the winning goal against Lille, who's... You have ancestors in Britain or something. The, Why are we talking about who's this? Who's the nephew of the coach. Regis Lebris, by the way. So shout out. They, they've played some great football. Great. Peter Bosch. Peter... <laughs> I'm sorry, but now you need to leave us. You need to leave us in peace. Leave France. You love France. You played for Toulon. Now you're coaching in, in Lyon, but you're just not good enough, my friend. It is Gab. Okay, the penalty, you could say it's a penalty. You lose on a penalty. But Lens was so good and so dominant in this game. They could have easily scored three or four goals. They hit the post. They hit the bar. Lopez made some two or three great saves. They destroyed them. It's not even, don't give me the like, oh, we were unlucky to lose because the penalty was maybe a bit dodgy. They destroyed you, Peter. And we said to him, uh, are you, you in danger under threat? He said, what threat? Like, you know, we said, maybe he's secretly are you menacé as in your threat? You know, for your job, he said, what's menacé? And we was like, you should know because you're going to get sacked pretty, pretty soon. As soon as John Texter finally buys this club, by the way, which should, hap should happen soon now, I really hope they get rid of Peter because Peter... Is rubbish. Really, Gab, it was that bad. Gab, we've waited this long and still haven't mentioned the other team, uh, which are top of Serie A, which is Atalanta, who beat Fiorentina 1-0. Yeah, and like I told you, like if you if you don't get to see Atalanta often, if you thought, oh, they were quite fun last year and stuff. Yeah. No, this is total minimalist yeah, Atalanta. Gasparini is saying, like, oh, I wish we didn't always win 1-0. Um, I thought Fiorentina actually outplayed them for, for long stretches um, and deserved more from this game. Uh, Adamola Lookman, again, yeah. uh, scoring. Um, uh, your buddy Brandon Soppy yes. uh, playing out wide. Yeah. Yeah. I you know he was amazing when he was a youngster. And then I don't know what happened. I didn't think it was the same guy. No, because I remembered Brandon Soppy being mentioned. Like, you know, people publish yeah. those lists of like 112-year-olds no, no, to watch. And then went off the, the road a little bit. Like, you know, I don't know what happened to him. No, he ended up and said, yeah, that's what happened to him. Very good scout. Um, so, but they're right up there. And, and I do feel like they can kick it up several notches mm. if they start playing well. And, you know, they've lost players, they've evolved, they've added players. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's going to last, no, but uh, they're showing things. But I do feel for Fiorentina, by the way, some ugly, ugly oh, abuse Comiso, yeah. directed at, uh, at Rocco Comiso and Joe Barone from, from Fiorentina speaking out about this. I do hope they take this seriously. Yeah, you can't have, have it both to. ways. You know, the rules say... And for those who don't know, they used a term, which is a derogatory term from the north of Italy towards the south of Italy. Yeah. Some people in some contexts say it's acceptable a little bit like the N-word. It's not acceptable yeah. in this context at Definitely all, not. ever. Um, Definitely. 
similar vein, eight Sydney United fans were arrested in the final of the Australia Cup after displaying fascist flags and making fascist salutes. Uh, this was the game against uh, MacArthur FC. Yeah. They eventually won the game. Your thoughts, Jules? Yeah, it was disgusting. Attitude, attitude, behavior. You could see it very clearly as well and you could hear it. Um I mean, they were arrested. They were obviously expelled from the game. And and as we always say, we really hope now that the sanctions are going to be really tough. I mean, I, it felt to me there was more than eight, by the way. So I don't know. I don't know how the investigation is going to go. But I hope they really, really go and make a stand and and go hard on them because so, this is a club that has previous before. It well, was to created provide, by Croatian. Yeah. No, no, I was was, was going to explain that for those who don't know, and and I didn't know this. No, no, me neither. I read up on it, but Sydney United um, were, they were formed in 1958 by Croatian immigrants. Uh, Some of the symbolism they were displaying were were symbols linked to the Ustasha, who were people who fought during the Second World War and who identified as as fascists um, themselves. Um, this is a pretty animated bunch. I don't know if you remember, even at the uh, Australian Open in tennis yeah, a few years ago, right. yeah, yeah. fighting with Australians of Serbian descent. Yeah, I absolutely hate it when I love it when people uh, have historical local yeah, it's roots. Yeah, and we all do. I don't see the need to export this to the other side of the world. I get it. You're proud of your heritage. The minute your heritage, though, or what you consider to be yeah. your heritage, because there's much more to being Croatian than. Uh, you know, coming from the same country as the Ustasha, uh, the minute you start impinging on other people and their rights, which is what you're doing yeah, when you are when you are making fascist salutes in a stadium, um, that's when you need to be dealt yeah, with. Exactly. Premier League clubs want to relax the rules on signing foreign players in what they say will be a money-saving effort. Gav, this is a little bit more complicated though, no? Yeah, so apparently this came up at the last meeting and... As you know, since Brexit, if you want to sign players um, from within the European Union, the Foreign Office here, basically the Immigration Department, they've yeah. created a point system for young players and a point system for senior players and so on. And if you reach a certain number of points, then they can sign you. If not, they cannot sign you, which, by the way, is part of the reason why people are talking about feeder clubs. Oh, let's buy a yeah, Portuguese exactly. club, stick the kid there until he has enough points. Um they're saying now that, oh, because as soon as these players reach the required point, which I think is 15 points if you're if you're a senior player, um, then the price goes up. First of all, I have very little sympathy because they have more money than anybody yeah, else. Sure. Um, secondly, they're saying this way we can save money. And the thing is, they're going to save money. They would need to get this approved by the Football Association yeah. and uh, the immigration authorities. Um, and how do they get that approval? They go and give more, use it as a bargaining chip <laughs> in negotiating with the Football League for the subsidy the Premier League gives the Football League. It's like I know this is inside the weeds, inside baseball. Um, ultimately, they can do what they want. Yeah. I think this does go against the FA's priority of having more room for homegrown, English homegrown players. Yeah. Leeds United have a man sent off and are held nil-nil by Aston Villa. Stupid, stupid red card from Sinistera, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Uh, but Jesse yeah. Marsh from is Marley. unhappy, Jules. He says Villa played too slow. Surprisingly, Villa manager Steven Gerrard says he doesn't really care what Marsh thinks. I, yeah. what, what, I mean, Marsh always has something to say. Like, it's, I don't know, I find that amazing. So the referees, the opposition is this, is that. I, li- I like it. I think he's very passionate and I think the stuff that annoys him 
I think you don't need much to annoy him. I mean, I don't know if he's the same in real life. Like, if you don't put the, the, the things in the dishwasher, in the, you're like, no, this is not, I'm not happy with this. Um, I can understand his frustration. I mean, if I was TVG, I would be frustrated as well by the chances that his team missed, by the way. So I think it could have been... With an extra been, man. Yeah, it, it could have been even worse. Even if we said that red card was... I mean, well, I mean, that's why I'm wearing... <laughs> I mean, I would be better than a lot of the referees. I, like, I, I just I did two quick points on this. One is I don't like Princeton. I don't like people who went to Princeton. You said that enough, Bradley, you know? So, um, you know, I, I will leave that to one side. I also wonder, Marsh was suspended for this game. I'd, yeah. I'd love to know, why don't we, when we suspend managers, why don't we turn into something that's actually meaningful? Because you know what? He's up in the stands. He's got a headset on. He's busy. communicating. He can probably see the game better from there. And then he gives the freaking post-match press conference. Yeah, yeah that, is, that was I, wrong. That, I mean, I'm not blaming Jesse Marsh here. Let's no, be very no, no, clear. No, no. I'm blaming the Premier League. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, you suspend I a guy. Agree. No, honestly, you want to make this meaningful? You suspend a guy from two hours before kickoff until an hour after kickoff. Yeah. You're not even at the game. You're in a hotel room somewhere with somebody with a chaperone minding you to make sure you don't communicate with the team. If we're going to make suspensions, <laughs> no, no I mean, you can go back to just say hiding in the laundry basket. Yeah. Why have these punishments? Yeah. Gab, we end on a tragic note, unfortunately. At least 125 fans are dead and hundreds more injured after following a stampede and violence a match in Indonesia between Arema FC and rival Persebaya Surabaya. Uh, yeah, this is absolutely uh, horrible. We're still trying to kind of figure out the the dynamic on this. Uh, Arema lost 3-2. Some other fans came onto the pitch mm. after the game. The, the police reportedly used tear yeah, gas. Yeah. There was rioting that caused a stampede at the exits of the stadium. Um, you know, you think back to all the stadium tragedies that we've seen. Yeah. Obviously, Hillsborough, Lima, uh, back in the day, mm. that, Glasgow. And you wonder, how does this happen in, in, in 2022? So I just hope that there's a full inquiry, yeah. that they learn from these mistakes um, in, in terms of, of law enforcement, and that the people get some closure, yeah. because and justice may be too much to call for here. Anyway, Jules, that brings us to an end. Uh, we're going to be back on Thursday, because the Champions, oh, the Champions League, League is back. Yeah, yeah. Uh, until then, love the game, love your neighbor, love yourself. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is to not search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Gab. Just go to Indeed.com slash Gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Gab. 
Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 